Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Well, today we're going to be going deep inside the police force. And there is no one better to do that with than my guest, Dennis Zine. Today's show is called On the Street with a Police Officer Who Tells It Like It Is. Police are in the news every day, sometimes for heroic deeds and sometimes being blamed for problems in the street. Today's guest, Dennis Zine, is an award-winning police officer. He has over 50 years on the Los Angeles police force, and he has seen it all. He rose to the rank of Sergeant 2 and is still on, still on the streets as a reserve officer. So he knows that he can tell what's uh, the difference between what it was like 50 years ago and today. He takes us behind the scenes to talk about everything you wanted to know about the police, from why crime has risen, what this means for police officers, why police stood back at the school shooting in Texas, and what protocol is supposed to be, how defunding the police and protests against police have affected the morale of officers, caused many to leave the force, and others to commit suicide, what officer-involved shootings are really about, etc., etc., so without further ado, I would like to introduce Dennis Zine. And Dennis, you could pick from the smorgasbord of topics or <laughs> to start wherever you would like. Well, Carol, thank you. It's a pleasure to be with you this afternoon and your listeners around the globe. Uh, I've spent, I joined the Los Angeles Police Department in 1968, and I did that entire time from 68 to the current time where you mentioned I'm still a line reserve officer with the LAPD, 54 years of continuous service. And in between, I was elected to the LA City Council. So I served 12 years on the city council. I was a charter commissioner. So my roots are definitely embedded in Hollywood, Los Angeles, California, the state of California, and the issue of public safety and politics and how it all connects together. I have a son who's a captain with the Los Angeles Police Department, very proud of him. Another son is a captain with Alaska Airlines. So I'm very blessed in my life. Uh, I'm just proud to be here and to hopefully explain to the listeners what is going on and why do we have this conflict between the political environment, law enforcement, public safety. Uh, this past weekend in Chicago, uh, yeah, I heard they had over 50 people shot uh, in Chicago. We have continuing crime mm -hmm. and violence. What's happened over the years? Now, when I joined in 68, it was a time after the Watts riot. Then we had the Rodney King riot. We've had ups and downs. And it's like the waves, the waves that come where we support the police. We love the police. The police are wonderful. Let's boost the police. And then recent years came into this, let's defund the police. Let's eliminate the police. Let's do away with the police. We don't need the police. We need social justice. We need to help the mentally fundamental little problems. We need to help people who have housing. But at the same time, we legalize marijuana, we legalize other drugs, and we wonder, why are we going sideways? Why is the world, California, America, why are we going sideways? And what is happening with crime? And give you the most recent statistics in Los Angeles. We're always hiring. New York PD is hiring. All these large and small departments are hiring. Currently, from 2017 to where we are today, we are down 662 police officers from our authorized strength. 
at uh, one time we had over 10,000. We're down to 9,352. Mm-hmm. So we keep losing mm-hmm. officers, and we wonder why. Why is crime continuing to go up? Why this massive shooting where these beautiful students, and I have two grandchildren, I cry when I think about they're in class. They're trying to do what they're supposed to do, and a assailant comes in and starts killing them. And what are the police doing? Why aren't the police moving in? We've been trained. We've been trained to immediately respond, not wait for the SWAT team, not wait for all the special equipment to, to respond and neutralize that situation. Take that person into custody. If it means using deadly force, so be it. But to save the lives of people, that's what we're in business for. That's what we risk our lives for. So when I look at the escalating crime in Los Angeles with the reduction of police officers, so our murders are up, our our robberies are up, our grand theft autos are up, uh, arrests are down. And you wonder, well, what is happening? Well, what's happening is like the weather. The weather changes from cold to hot to medium. You can't have, we love the police today and we hate the police tomorrow. So George Floyd is murdered. Okay, I understand that. Don't blame all of law enforcement for that. There's been tragedies that have occurred in this country. Don't blame every single officer, every single department. And in Los Angeles, for example, they cut the Unified School District Police. They have a police department that maintains strictly the school's LA Unified. They cut that department, and the chief of that department resigned in protest. You can't then cut it and say, oh, my goodness, now we have to come back. Mm. You're not going to find. People do not want to join law enforcement. I don't care if if Chicago, where they had nearly 50 people shot this weekend, every department across the country is losing personnel. They're retiring, and they're having a difficult time recruiting people to join the ranks of law enforcement. When you join law enforcement, you want to do what's good for society. When you join the fire department, you become a nurse, a doctor. You want to help people. That's the motivation. It's not to go out and hurt people, but then we talk about the guns and the violence and how does this happen. This isn't the first time we've had a school shooting, innocent people. And what really broke my heart is these students on cell phones calling 911. We need help. We're being shot. And to just bring tears to my eyes to think that those students are now dead because the police didn't uh-huh. come, because they laid back. We can't have a society that does that. We've got to be stable and either support the police or do away with them, and everyone fends for themselves, which is never going to happen in our society. And if they want to confiscate the guns, there's no way they're going to confiscate all the guns in America. That's not going to happen. But you don't need to have an assault rifle to protect yourself and your family. In Los Angeles County, we have a sheriff who issues CCWs, concealed weapon permits. You've got a clean record. You can carry a weapon. Many states do that. But you're not carrying rifles and shotguns and AK-47s. You're carrying a pistol to protect you and your family. We've got follow-home robberies in Los Angeles. We've got all kinds of crime happening, and people are petrified. They're verified. The verification of the fact that crime is increasing is borne out by the statistics. So what we have in this situation were these sweet innocent and the two teachers who died. And I, one girl, she was on television, I saw, but she said that the girl next to her died and she took the blood from that girl and she put it on her body. And then she said the man didn't shoot her because he thought she was already dead. To think of the frightening fear that that little girl's going to go through for the rest of her life mm-hmm. because of that tragedy. The officers who immediately responded, I don't care how big or small the department is, you respond and you engage. And you engage to neutralize the situation. It doesn't mean you have to kill the people, but what you do is you neutralize it. You stop it. That means wounding them. That means taking them into custody. But you don't lay back and wait for the SWAT team an hour later to arrive. We don't have SWAT teams running around like television where they see the room and them out waiting for a call. All those officers who are on SWAT 
are assigned regular duties. And what happens is when the call goes out, they have to muster and respond. And it may take an hour for them to get to the location. Meanwhile, you don't sit there and wait for people to get injured and killed. You engage with the resources that you have. We had a North Hollywood bank oh. shootdown a number of years ago, and we, we, ran out of, we ran out of weapons. They went to a local gun store, a local gun store to get weapons to neutralize those individuals. In Los Angeles, well, since then, obviously, they changed the policy and the weapons that officers are assigned. But I have seen it for the last 54 years. And to see it like a, a balloon that goes up, it comes down. We support the police. We don't support the police. Do away with the police. Uh, it, it, you can't be inconsistent. You've got to support them and continuously train them and retrain them and make sure they remain professional and have good supervision. And you'll have a public that is safe and secure. That's what we need across this country of America. Yes. Well, while, while you mentioned, um, while we're talking about Texas, what, what do you yes. think about that? What, what do you think went through the minds of the officers who were there who decided to wait for backup? I mean, how does that happen? Well, what, someone's in command. You have a sergeant, a lieutenant, a cat. You have someone in command. I understand it's a small department. It doesn't matter large or small. You've got people in command. You've always got supervision. So someone says, this is what you're supposed to do. But after Columbine shooting, there's been other school shootings. Law enforcement across this country was trained. It was trained. Officers were trained to go in with the resources that they had and engage the individual, not to stand by and not to wait. You engage. This is national training. I went through that training. Officers go through that training. New recruits go through that training. Why they held back, I don't know. That was a huge, huge, not a mistake. That was stupidity. You don't hold back. And while gunshots are being fired and people are getting killed, and yeah, some lady left the door open. Well, I'm sure she didn't leave the door open on purpose. But the fact is, this assailant went in to commit this crime, these murders, these innocent children who are being buried as we speak. But you don't, they didn't do what they were supposed to. They didn't do what they're trained to do. Meanwhile, sweet human lives are lost. Why? Because law enforcement didn't do what they were supposed to do. Plain and simple. And I don't care if you've got a six-shooter or a semi-automatic or a shotgun or a rifle. You go in and you engage with the training that you have. I, Like I say, I've been trained like everyone else. But you risk your life as a police officer. You don't want to get hurt. You don't want to get shot. You don't want to get killed. But the fact is, you're in that profession to keep people safe so they don't get shot, so they don't die, so they don't get hurt. That's why you're a police officer. That's why you take that oath to protect and to serve. And damn it, it didn't happen in Texas. And it breaks my heart for those families that are grieving because the police officers did not do what they were trained to do, what they were supposed to do. And whether they cowered down or whatever their excuse was, they made a blunder that cost human lives, sweet, human, innocent lives. And they'll never be forgiven for that. So why the, uh, the chief and the supervision? I don't know. They'll investigate till doomsday comes. But the fact is, sweet, innocent deaths because they didn't do their job, uh -huh. plain and simple. Uh-huh, uh-huh. All right. So why do you think, what do you think has uh, caused crime to rise over this, like what you were beginning to talk about? Um, what do you think are the elements? I mean, you're on the street. What yes. do you see? Um, are, criminals, are criminals different today are, are, uh, than they were 50 years ago? 
Well, they're more bold than they were in the past. Uh, they carry weapons. And a lot of it is the consequences. The consequences of crime. We like to make excuses for everything. We have a problem with dope, so we legalize marijuana. We have a problem with people shooting heroin, so we have shooting galleries. I mean, we become so lackadaisical in our responsibility to humanity. It's like, okay, well, they're addicted. They're mentally ill. Whatever the case may be, when I serve on the county mental health board here in the San Fernando Valley, mental illness is a huge factor. But some of that mental illness is caused by drug abuse. But what happens is the officers don't do what they're supposed to do. Societies become more desensitized. And we have people committing these crimes along the way. And what we have in Los Angeles, that is what they have also in San Francisco, is a district attorney that doesn't do his job. They have a recall going on Mm -hmm. in San Francisco. They have a recall going on here in Los Angeles. You've got to have a prosecutor that holds people accountable for their actions. We have a district attorney, George Gascon, and I'm the co-chair of the recall committee. This man lets oh, everyone that's walk. Good. Doesn't believe in jail. Doesn't believe in doing anything for the individual. He thinks people commit crime. Well, it's just an accident. It's a misfortune. But what about the victims? So the chief of police in Los Angeles, and this is very serious, he's told the public, don't wear Rolex watches. Don't wear expensive jewelry. The city of Beverly Hills, which adjoins the city of Los Angeles, they have over two thousand video cameras throughout the city of Beverly Hills to protect the residents who are high-end society, nice cars, nice jewelry, and they still have crime. They have augmented their police department by private armed security officers that work alongside the Beverly Hills police officers to provide protection. The people in Beverly Hills do not want to be a victim of crime, and they have been victims of crime, but what Beverly Hills does is to react in a very positive manner to safeguard the community. But you can imagine 2,000 video cameras, and it's a small city, I think it's like five square miles, 2,000 video cameras, basically you walk down the street and under video observation. That's what they've done, and that's what the community supports. They want to be safe, and they pay for that. The city of Los Angeles is really run amok uh, with a DA that doesn't do his job. Okay, but um, in the end, I mean, that's where my office is in Beverly Hills. But in the end, if these people get caught because they're on video camera, so they know who yep. they are, and if they yep. get caught, um, then still, though, if they don't get jail, you know, like what you were saying before about the uh, DA, then it doesn't really teach them anything. It, there's no consequences. They have a no-bail policy, which means if you get arrested for a crime, what happens is you get a ticket, and you're supposed to go to court, which you don't go to court. Then you commit more crime. We've had people be invested four or five times within a 24-hour period for committing crimes. Mm-hmm. It's a joke, and they laugh at it. And then people go to jail. If they do go to jail, they do very little time. The county of Los Angeles, which the L.A. County Sheriff tries to put people in jail, the county board of supervisors, they want to shut down the county jail. Well, where are you going to put people who commit robbery and murder and rape? Where are you going to put those people if you don't have a jail? They want to close the county jail in the county of Los Angeles, which incarcerates hundreds of people, thousands of people who are committing crimes. So you have murders, you have robberies, you have rapes. But if you just look at the city of Los Angeles, which is a major city, it's an international city, and we're going to have the, uh, the 2020 Olympics come to Los Angeles, so we're going to have a world-class environment. But if you look right now, our murders are up. In the city of Los Angeles, as of May 21st, they're up over 31%. Our murders, our robberies are up, our grand thefts autos are up. And as far as shooting victims, shooting victims, people who shot or fired, and then the victims, the victims are up over uh, almost 70%. 
people who've been shot in Los Angeles. They haven't been killed, but they've been shot. So what you have is a district attorney who's very lackadaisical, doesn't seem to think that there should be consequences for crime. And nevertheless, people commit the crime, whether it be robbery. And then we also have in California a huge problem with catalytic converter theft. Now, I spoke to an individual recently. He has a motorhome. His catalytic converter was stolen off the motorhome. $5,000 to replace the catalytic converter on a motorhome. Average vehicle is about $1,000. So all types of crimes, what they do is they steal the catalytic converter because of the contents. And there's precious metals that they go and they sell and they receive the money for that. But you've got... For example, gasoline. Gasoline here is $6 a gallon in uh, Los Angeles, $6 plus a gallon. So what happens is the new cars, you can't siphon the gas anymore. So what they do is they put a hole in the gas tank and they drain. It's not unusual to spend over $100 to fill up your car with gas, $100 just for gas. So what we have is a public that is demanding change, a public that says who's there protecting us, a public that says we need help and the public that's going to hopefully have some elections coming up the 7th. We have elections in the uh, California coming up the 7th of this month of June, 7th of June is election day, the primary election. But meanwhile, the average citizen throws their hands up and says, what do we do for protection? What do we do to help ourselves? So a person wants to go out, and I've got some very nice friends, good people. They go out and they buy themselves a gun. They don't know how to use it. They don't know how to load it, but they're frightened. And they feel, well, I'm going to get a gun. Now I'm going to be safe. A a, a revolver. They think they're going to be safe with a revolver, not knowing how to use it. So there's a lot of panic going on in Los Angeles. And again, I'm a native of this city. I'm a native of Los Angeles. I've seen it crumble because of poor representation in government. And this government representation hopefully will be changed in the upcoming elections. But again, you have a district attorney who's not doing the job. You got criminals running amok, and you got a police department that is losing more and more officers every single day that are retiring and they're not joining. Well, they have an academy class of 30 or 40 people, and uh, they graduate 20 people. That's not sufficient numbers to keep the deployment sufficient where you have a city of 4 million people and the vast territory surrounding the city of Los Angeles. Yes, absolutely. Well, we need to take a break right now. Uh, my guest is Dennis Zine. Today we're talking about On the Street with a Police Officer Who Tells It Like It Is. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and we'll be right back. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. 
Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking with you today about on the street with a police officer who tells it like it is. And this police officer is Dennis Zine. He is an, a decorated police officer uh, on the force for over 20 years. I'm sorry, over 50 years, um, including rising to the to the rank of sergeant two. And still, uh, he he could he could re- retire nicely, but he is still uh, uh, an officer on the streets as a reserve officer. So he loves his job. He loves um, trying to keep people safe. And unfortunately, this has gotten harder and harder in Los Angeles and in lots of cities um, around the country, around the world for that matter. I'm from New York. And, uh, I, Dennis, I, every day I look at the New York Post, you know, to, uh, well, first of all, it's a good paper and it gives you a, a good a snapshot of what's going on in the world. But it also, they have a lot of pictures of um, crime in New York. Um, and it is just, I, I, it is just uh, unbelievable. The, the gunshot shootings in broad daylight, um, not just shootings, but, you know, kicking people over in the street, knifings, just all kinds of violence, um, but in, in broad daylight. And, um, I mean, I guess that that's happening in, in Los Angeles as well, for that matter, right? Well, it, it is. But you know what's happening? And I, I reflect back on what happened in New York when I saw New York uniformed police officers walking on the street, and people would throw water balloons at them, and they kept walking. Mm-hmm. And then after that, they would throw buckets of water on them, and they'd keep walking. I, I looked at I said, how can police officers in uniform accept that? You do something. Mm-hmm. You don't just walk by and let them throw water balloons on you and throw buckets of water on you shows total disrespect for the law, total disrespect for humanity. You take action. That's an assault. You take action. You arrest them. And you have consequences. When you assault someone, there are consequences. But we've gotten so lackadaisical and officers have become so concerned about the repercussions because all of a sudden, every time we do something, it's wrong. We're criticized. Well, you're criticized for going in. You're criticized for not going in. And if you look at the pendulum, it's like going back and forth. How the wind sails? Well, do this, do that. The fact is, if someone's committing a crime, you move in and you apprehend that person. And you don't shoot to kill. This whole shoot to kill philosophy, you shoot to stop. What you do is you shoot to stop and let the criminal justice system deal with the individual, the perpetrator. This whole thing about shoot to kill people. No, officers are not trained to shoot to kill. They're shoot to stop. And then people say, well, why don't you just shoot the gun out of their hand? Why don't you shoot them in the leg? Why don't you shoot them in the arm? Well, you know what? Yes. If you've ever fired a gun, it's difficult to hit the freaking target. Leave alone, say, I'm going to shoot the gun out of their hand like you see on the television show. You shoot for body mass. The largest body mass is the, the chest area. 
That's what you shoot for. And we have a call to fail safe because sometimes these bad guys wear bulletproof vests. So you fire two rounds into the chest and one round into the head. That's called a fail safe. If they're wearing a bulletproof vest, well, the bulletproof vest can then deflect the two rounds, and then the third round will take out the individual. So you, you're trained for this. This is what we're trained for, to be professional and to treat people with dignity and respect. You're not the judge and the jury. You do the enforcement. Let the jury decide. Let the judge decide. Let the prosecutor decide. Just do your job so people can feel safe. And when you see a police officer, thank you. Hello, officer. How are you? Instead of giving them a, a, a smear, oh, police are here. You know, you're, if you're an anti-police person, maybe you don't belong to live in the country like America where police are there to protect and serve you. And what we saw in this particular case in Texas, they didn't protect. They didn't serve. We have innocent dead people now because they didn't do their job. And if they get prosecuted for neglect of the or whatever the case, the fear that they had, if you're fearful, then turn that badge in and turn that gun in and go back to society. But it takes courage to be in the military. It takes courage to be in law enforcement. It takes courage to arrest people who are committing crimes of violence. Now, if someone commits a traffic offense, well, you know what? You write them a ticket. And the person says, okay, thank you, officer. We've gone so far in Los Angeles. Every uniformed officer wears a body cam. Everything that they do is recorded. So they do that to protect themselves from felonious allegations. And people make these allegations, outrageous allegations. We've gone to that matter where you have to carry a body cam and wear a body cam. So that's what law enforcement has done to keep it professional. But the public needs to wake up to say, you know what? I don't want to get shot. I don't want to be robbed. I don't want to have to worry about going out to a restaurant and coming back and my car's now stolen. We need to tell the criminal element that law enforcement is going to do their job in a professional matter. And if the people violate the law, there's consequences. And we need a district attorney that prosecutes people and judges and jury to do the job. It used to be safe. And all of a sudden, it's gone haywire. We got district yeah. in L.A. that doesn't believe in the job. And we have the system of criminal aspect out of control. And then you have a nut school board, L.A. Unified School District. The school board nuts decided, let's, let's reduce the police department. Let's cut the number of officers. We don't need these officers. We need psychologists. Well, a psychologist is not going to do well with an armed individual with an individual who wants to fight, an individual who has a knife, an individual who's selling narcotics. You need to have appropriate, trained law enforcement do the job. But yes, what's happening right yes, now... I wanted to ask you about people. that. I don't know if this yeah. is in L.A., but I know that, that in some places they have decided to put, like, social workers, um, yes. to send social workers either out alone or out with a police officer. Um, has that has that happening in L.A.? They're working on it. They're working on that to... Uh, to supplement, to, to take away from law enforcement uh, and the school district, uh, when they redu- reduced the size of the police department, LA Unified School District, they went to that mentality of let's bring in social workers to solve the problems. Well, it doesn't work too well, and now they're trying to decide well, how they're going to handle it. But uh, well, the, school, mean, the school district I, the thing, is the experiment. Thing, but wait, the thing is that um, it's one thing, I mean, yes, it would be great to have more social workers and psychologists and psychiatrists in the schools, but um, that's not, you know, when someone has a gun or a school shooter is coming in, a, a, a mental health professional is not going to be able to do much in that situation. Or even, you know, like another place they were thinking of using that was domestic violence calls. Well, you right. can't just send a, 
that's, those are very dangerous calls. You can't just send a social worker to the door you know, of a couple that's having domestic violence without any police officer with them um, or ahead that's of true. them. Or I mean, it seems like there are going to be a lot of dead social workers in the city. Well, that the people believe that everybody is good. Well, not everybody is good. And when you have to reality, and knowing people as well as I do in my years on this earth, and I'll be 75 years old in August, still doing this, people say, well, wait a second. Aren't all people good? Well, they're born good. Everybody's born good. You see the little babies in the maternity ward? They're all good. Well, somehow they go Mm -hmm. sideways. Well, I don't know why, but they go sideways. And you have to be able to counter that. So the whole aspect of putting mental care workers out, that's fine. But you also have to have someone to combat those that want to cause injury. We had a situation in Beverly Hills. You may have seen it on the news. People midday, Beverly Hills at a restaurant, dining outside in the beautiful sunshine. The man was wearing a very expensive watch. I think it was $500,000 watch, very expensive watch. And these mugs came up, these mugs, these thugs came up broad daylight to rob him of the watch. Meanwhile, one an individual decides to fire a gun and shoots an innocent lady, and they get the gun. Well, what Beverly Hills did in that particular case, they apprehended the individuals. They went to federal court. They didn't go to Gascon, the DA, and go through the dog and punish. They went to federal court. Within a month, those people were in federal prison. The federal courts yeah, do not mess good. around. They're aggressive. But Beverly Hills, broad daylight, Beverly Hills doesn't like that philosophy. They don't like to have their patrons victimized and, and shot and robbed. In broad daylight, not in the parking lot in a dark alley. This was broad daylight in a restaurant. Uh, I think it was on Rodale Drive, which is a very famous place in Beverly Hills. So that kind of situation happens because you don't have consequences for the actions. So what we yeah. have is a school board now that's trying to figure out what they're going to do. Because this Texas situation, the situation that occurred where that individual, uh, the 18-year-old, what he did has caused repercussions not only through the schools, but through Congress, through the White House. All of a sudden, oh, my God, what are we going to do? Let's ban all the guns. That's not going to happen. They've got to do something to counter the situation. But the schools have lockdown procedures and policies. But you have a small town, you have a small department, and you have one wacko who decides to go out and shoot innocent students. That I mean, it, it just brings tears to me every time I think. Anybody who's a parent, anyone who's got a child, it, it tears you apart to see those children in school at that age and to go through this tragedy. Those children are going to be, for the rest of their lives, going through counseling to try to get them understand that, to not to be so fearful of everything they say and everything they do. My heart bleeds for those families and those children. Absolutely mm-hmm, tragic. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, um, the real cause, I mean, trying to uh, ban guns obviously is not the solution. The real, the real problems come from the dysfunctional families that children are raised in. You know, parents who are uh, self-absorbed and just more concerned with what they're doing and not paying attention to their kids, divorces, um, abuse, you know, physical abuse, sexual abuse, neglect. All of that, when a child is raised in this kind of a dysfunctional home um, where nobody's paying attention to what their problems and whether they need help and all of that, they, and, and they um, comfort themselves by playing violent video games, shooter games, then of course they come out shooting. Well, absolutely. It's a different environment. When I grew up, it was after school, you play outside, and when the street lights come on, 
Then I would remember my mom, Dennis, my brother, Vincent, <laughs> that's time to come home for dinner. Because that's the way it was. The streetlights come on. But after school, you you go out and play baseball. You'd play with your friends. That's what you would do. But now you go home and you play on the computer. You, 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 you lost that connection with people. Yes. Yeah. So it, it's, it's a different world. It, it's a much different world than what we grew up. And you've got to have that socialization. You've got to have that extra activity. I know in my neighborhood, and I live in a community in the West San Fernando Valley, every afternoon I see a bunch of kids with parents, and they ride their bicycles. They go for an hour, and they get all the kids in the area, and they go for a bike ride. It's so nice to see, which reminds me of when I was a kid, how we used to play with other friends, not sitting home on uh-huh. a computer, not sitting home on the iPad. That This is what we need to get back to. That's the basics. That's what we need to resort to. Yes, yes. But, of course, you know, the problem is that in so many neighborhoods, it's not safe to do that. It's like a, a vicious cycle. That's true. That is a problem. That is a problem in many neighborhoods. So what we have is the increasing crime, the lack of ability to teach students, the lack of ability to keep it safe, the lack of ability to recruit police officers, the lack of a criminal justice system. We, we really have a collapsing environment. And what's going to happen in Washington is they're going to come up with some kind of gun legislation. But the fact is, that people get guns many, many places. I mean, you're never going to do away with the Second Amendment. That's going to be here, and that's going to remain. And CCWs, because people feel unsafe and unsafe, and people want to feel safe. And you need to have a professional law enforcement agency that keeps you safe, but you need to have people join that agency so you can be safe. But when you can't recruit people, it's like right now, airline industry, the airlines are cutting flights because they don't have enough pilots and flight crews. They're, they're struggling, but during the pandemic, they, a, lot of, a lot of people go. Now they're struggling to get these people back. And my son's a pilot. Uh-huh. He tells me, Dad, we, we have to scrap flights. He works for Alaska Airlines. He's a captain with Alaska Airlines. So we can't fly all the flights because we don't have the crews. That's, that's a tragedy mm-hmm. because that industry is going through some struggles. And at 65, you're then forced out. At 65, you're no longer a commercial pilot. So fortunately for me, in law enforcement, at least in Los Angeles, as long as you can perform, you know, I, I could be maybe 99 years old and still be pushing a black and white or something. I don't know how effective that would be, but <laughs> we, we, we don't have age discrimination in that. Some departments do, but we don't have that in Los Angeles, so it's just for my benefit. But, you know, I retired from law enforcement and went to city council, but my heart and soul from the age of 21 has been with law enforcement to protect and to serve them. I, I, I live that life to protect and serve people. When I see a tragedy go down, I don't care if it's Texas or other place, that's a tragedy that hopefully law enforcement can prevent from happening. And we need to learn from these, these tragedies so it doesn't happen again. But it's not just, you're never going to ban all the guns, so what if we come up with a solution so this can't happen? Don't defund the police. And this whole thing about defund the police, this was crazy. The, the stupid idea, idiotic idea, defund the police? Who's going to protect you when you defund the police? But some wackos come with this space. Oh, let's defund the police. Everything will be great and safe because they're oppressive. No, they're not oppressive. They're the ones who are keeping you safe. And when the police officer tells you to put your hands up and turn around, just think of all these situations that have taken place. When the police officer takes an action and says, turn around, place your hands behind your back, and then you want to fight. Every single case, the person has fought, there's been negative consequences. Why don't they just cooperate? The simple thing is just cooperate with the officers and let it get sorted out at the, at the police station or in the court or whatever. But when you resist, and I've seen case after case after case where they blame the police, but the police has died trying to do their job. Why did the person resist? They, didn't, they don't always pull a gun. 
But whether what they ever want to do, if they don't want to cooperate, you don't want to cooperate, there's consequences. And then we want to blame the police because they overreacted. No, they were doing what we paid them to do. But the people who resisted well, are the ones who caused the problem. Well, what do you think, though, about the um, idea of more or better training for police to shoot other parts of the body? I mean, no, to shoot, not we, to kill. That's not going to work. You never shoot to kill. You shoot to stop. That, that you've never. I know, but, I, but, it, but that's not what. But it seems like um, it doesn't seem like officers are trained to use other to aim at other body parts that wouldn't kill. Well, no, like it, you were saying you you, you're trained. Number one, number, wait, wait, wait. Number number one, you have OC spray. You've got tear gas. You've got different chemical agents. You've got tasers. You've got different weapons you can use. Non-lethal weapons that you can use. You've got a baton. You, you've got non-lethal. When I joined the police department, you had a gun, a six-shooter, and a nightstick. A baton, that's all you had. Well, now you've got pepper spray. You've got uh, a taser. You've got all kinds of non-lethal. But when it comes to the life and death, and you pull that gun, and it's a life and death situation, you shoot the mass body. You, you don't shoot in the leg because it's difficult enough to, to aim at the chest. You aim at the chest. You don't aim at the egg. You don't shoot to, you don't shoot to kill. You shoot to stop. But you are not trained to sh- you shoot body mass, large body mass. And like I said, fail safe. If they weren't a bulletproof vest, because sometimes they do, you shoot two to the chest and one to the head. Now, if you're an accurate shot and you're a bullseye every single time, but oftentimes the police officers, when they're shooting, they're not that proficient and they miss. They make a lot of misses. And you got to look at your background. You don't want to hit someone innocent in the background. So there's, there's mm-hmm. all kinds of consequences that come to shooting. But I've heard that before. Shoot the leg. Shoot the arm, shoot the gun out of the hand. That's TV. That's movies. That's not real life. And I tell you, from my experiences, uh-huh. from uh, many, many incidents, uh, it, it's just impractical. Your emotions are moving high, your adrenaline's pumping, and you just you're looking for survival. That's what you're looking for. When mm-hmm. someone has a gun mm-hmm. at you at a point and they're shooting at you, you've got survival on your mind, and that's how you're trained. Mm-hmm. And you can't you can't train to shoot the leg. It just doesn't work. It, it, you, mm-hmm. you, it's, just, it's, imp- uh, it's impossible to make that unless you're some kind of a whiz shot and most police officers are not. <laughs> uh-huh. All so right. Well, we that. need to take another break at this point. But when we come back, we will be getting more wisdom from the street, <laughs> from officer, decorated officer Dennis Zine. And uh, we're, as we continue to talk about on the street with a police officer who tells it like it is. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. And we'll be right back. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Tune into the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. 
Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking today with Dennis Zine, an award-winning police officer who has been on the streets serving and protecting for over 50 years. Uh, we're talking about being on the street with a police officer who tells it like it is. And, um, you know, one of the things that really bothers me that you mentioned before is about the disrespect that police officers are getting today. And you were saying during the break about how um, when you started being a police officer, it was a very, I mean, it was, you know, I remember um that when in, in in grade school, our junior high school, when the police officer would come to school, you know, for a show and tell, right, and talk about what they did. And a police officer was someone who you respected in your neighborhood and you were grateful to see, you know, protecting you and, and there in case you needed them and so on. Um, and now, uh, as you were starting to say before, there is such disrespect, whether it's in New York or, or L.A. or wherever, you know, p- people are, are ramming their cars into police officers, or you were saying, like, throwing water bottles or throwing all kinds of things at police officers. And, and yes, and, and even, you know, it reminds me last year or two years ago with um, George Floyd. I mean, that was pretty much when the tide turned in a big way. Um, yes. when, when there were the pro- these so-called peaceful protests, that were really just riots, and in L.A., um, the police were being told to stand down. Don't don't do anything to these people who were rioting. Well, see, that's the sad commentary. We we need to have law enforcement that is done in a professional manner, and everyone's treated equally. It doesn't matter what your gender, what your color, what your ethnic background. Everyone needs to be treated with respect and dignity, and they need to act that way. So what law enforcement needs to understand is when people break the law, and people need to understand you break the law, there's consequences. Well, right now with this District Attorney George Gascon, there's basically no consequences. So it's a joke. So people commit crime after crime after crime. But what we need to get back to is law enforcement is there to protect everyone. And if you're going to commit a crime, we had our rail cars down at the rail yard. They were breaking in, stealing thousands of thousands of dollars worth of merchandise from the rail yard. And then everybody's pointing the finger. It's like, wait a second, who's going to protect it? They're locked rail cars transporting, including guns. And they, they, were, mm. they were ripping off like you would not believe. So there was nothing that was against the people's will of, it's a free land. 
let's riot, uh-huh. let's steal whatever we want, let's kill whoever we want. And when you, when you tell the police to stand down, there's consequences because then people, well, we're going to get away with it. Let's shut down the freeway. They shut down local freeways here in Los Angeles, the protesters. So I'm not going to justify when police do wrong. They were wrong. There's consequences for that. They prosecute them. They put them in jail. They strip them of their, their freedom. We had a situation in another state where an individual was stopped and the individual tried to take off. And a, a lady, 26-year officer, she thought she drew the taser. She drew the gun. She shot and killed him. She got yes. convicted of manslaughter. A tragedy. Yes, Kim Potter. And she was Kim Potter. And she was. She talked about how when she was in grade school, there was a policeman who came to talk at her class, and that's when right. she decided that she wanted to be a policewoman. So here, she was such a dedicated policewoman, and I think it was yep. terrible. Uh, I actually contacted her lawyer when this first happened. I wanted to be the uh, expert witness in that case, but they they didn't end up. My my theory was this was during the time that the George Floyd trial was yep. going on, right near where she stopped him. And so, right. you know, so police officers were, were, were um, everyone was up against police officers. So it was, of course, she was thinking that, that he was going to, to do something to them, to her, her other uh, the other officers that were there. I mean, so I, that's where the psychological part came in. First of all, PTSD from being on the job for so many years, and then also yep. the environment that she was in. But yep. instead, they exactly. just had a, um, um, I forget what you call it, but there was some some theory about uh, mixing up the guns that they tried to well, do that. To try. She, thought she, she thought she had the taser, and she took the right. gun instead of the taser. And she, right. you know, she, and there was no the, way. There's no way that she would have purposely shot him. I no. mean, it was so absurd. But see, this is the consequence, is that you can't make a mistake as a police officer. Can I can remember as a young boy, the police officer would come to our school, and our family knew a police officer. His name was Glenn, and he used to come over to our house in uniform. And I would say, wow, I was so impressed. And, you know, that led me as a young boy to say, you know, I want to go out and protect and serve. It's like the draft is gone. Mm-hmm. So people decide, I'm just going to take dope and live off the fat of the land. We've got a homeless population in Los Angeles out of control. There's, there's really no controls going on anymore. Everything is just do what you yes. want to do. You want to, you, we have stores in Los Angeles that are closing. They're closing their doors. They're going out of business because the shoplifting is yes. out of control. So the, our legislature yes. says, oh, until it's to $950, it doesn't really count. So we have many retails going out of business. It, what happens is we need to come back to basics. Law has to be enforced with a professional group of people who are trained to do it. And you as a citizen have an obligation to follow the law. And if you cross the law and you want to resist, there's consequences. But every single time someone gets hurt, it's because they're resisting the police. And we have pursuits. And I broadcast the pursuits our local television station here in L.A. We've got pursuits constantly. We got all every TV station has an air unit. Then we got the police air units, the higher patrol, and the sheriff. We got all these air units. We got pursuits constantly because oh, I'm going to try and get away. And many times they end up on a collision. Someone gets hurt. Someone sadly gets killed. Yes. But the, the the lawlessness that's taken place in America needs to be contained, and it's only to be contained by having professional officers do their job. And when someone resists arrest, there's consequences. Please don't back off when they're going to make an arrest on someone. They need to cooperate. But if you look at every celebrated case that we've seen in the media, it's because the person has resisted arrest. Officers just don't go up and yank people out of cars and start beating them. That doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. But these people who resist Mm -hmm. arrest after they commit a crime, George Floyd, 
George Floyd committed a crime, good, bad, or indifferent. They responded to that crime. So George Floyd, the tragedy that ended up, it started with a crime. But every single situation you want to look at, it starts with a crime. And if you just cooperate, let the officers do their job. If you get booked, you get booked. You go to court, and that's the way it's supposed to be. Not resist, and then you yeah. use the, the resources. To, oh, uh, police abuse. No, not police abuse. You're stupid abuse by not cooperating with the law. That's the bottom line. We need to turn the tide to say right is right and wrong is wrong. We can't blend yes. the two together. Yes, absolutely. You know, these pictures of people looting store even till today. What was um there was just something in the news today of what were they looting? Um oh, I can't remember. But but you know, these I mean it's just like all the time and nothing is being done to stop them. I mean, Smash they should be arrested. Smashing smashing grabs, the smashing grabs. We have a task force in Los Angeles going after the smashing grabs. They'll go in with the sledgehammers. They'll break, whether it's an AT&T store or a jewelry store, they'll smash and they'll grab. And it's becoming quite hysterical that they just walk away with the jewelry, the goods. They don't stop. I mean, it becomes a yeah. situation that you, you're a bad guy and you're going to get away with it. And you've got security guards that are told, don't, don't intervene. Just let it happen. We've got supermarkets. So They're they going being, out of business okay, because are, they can't take the loss. What's that, Carol? Wait, why are they... Why are police or security guards being told not to intervene? They're told, don't intervene, just stand there, let them take the goods. We don't want to have a liability case. You're here to protect the employees. And I've talked to a number of security guards. They're there in uniform. They're not armed. They're in uniform. People come in, and they, they walk right out of the store. I, I was, I was at a, in another state just last week, and I was in a, a Walgreens, and an individual was walking out with goods, and the, and the clerk said, I hope you enjoy the goods. I, and I asked the clerk, I said, you don't, the guy just walked out with it. He says, we can't do anything about it. I says, you just let him walk out with the goods? Well, that's why you see stores closing. We've gotten away from that obligation to pay for things. So you just steal it. And no, there's no consequences. So, hey, why should I pay when I get it for free? You know, the gasoline, yeah. for example, in California, you got to pay before you get gasoline. It used to be you gasoline, then you pay. No, no, no. Now you pay before you get the gasoline. They fixed that situation. But the, but the problem is there's too many people who are stealing, too many people who are committing violations, and then too many people who want to turn their backs on the police and say, oh, the police are at fault, the law's at fault. No, we're either going to have a civilized society, we're going to be uncivilized with chaos, and that's what we're heading for. And we need to look at our leaders in government and say, what are you doing to fix this situation? You want to take everyone's gun away, which is never going to happen. What are you going to do to make people comply with the law and have laws that are reasonable and prudent, period? And I don't care if you're rich or poor. You don't steal. You don't loot. You don't go out and hurt people, period. That's all you have to abide by that, and we could have a happy society. But if it continues down this trend, you'll see more and more people that are leaving law enforcement and more and more people ripping you off. Yes, and, you know, I, the morale in the police department, um, talk about that a little bit and about there are police committing suicide because of this disrespect and, and, and is being told to just stand down and not do anything. Well, I mean, you're not it's trained kind of to stand ironic. down. Uh, on the, on the, wait, on the one hand, you know, it was terrible that the police didn't do anything in the school in Texas. But on the other right. hand, we have police being told, just let these looters walk out with the loot. Right. Well, not police, but the, the, in other words, you don't have enough police to handle it, the, the private security. But there's a market that lives near, near my house. They've now they've locked up the, the laundry soap. They've locked up the laundry soap. It's locked. I asked the manager, what is the locking for? He said, because they're stealing so much laundry soap. And then the pharmacy area where they have the toiletries, the soap, the deodorants, and things, that's locked up. I said, what is that about? 
they steal so much of it. And, I, and he said, if we can't contain it, we're going to have to close the store. This is a Ralph store here in the San Fernando Valley. We just had a Rite Aid mm. closed because of the theft. It's like out of control. And these corporations aren't in business to just give things away. But again, when there's no consequences for stealing, that's why we need to get back to a land of law and order. You pay for the goods. If you don't have the money, you don't buy it. You don't steal it. But, but stealing has become epidemic. And I feel bad for these retailers that have to deal with this. And I don't know if it's the same in Chicago, New York, but in Los Angeles, it's terrible. And we've got the 2020 Olympics coming to Los Angeles. We got heads of state coming to Los Angeles in a couple of weeks. Uh, we've got a lot of things on the plate. We've got a shrinking police department, and we've got a district attorney needs to be recalled. And uh, June 7th is going to be a reckoning day in Los Angeles with the election, a local state election. So we got our well, plate full. Know, if- we, and I'm inviting you. I'm inviting you. It's a personal invitation. You're going to come with me and my LAPD partner. You're going to go on a ride along. You're going to be in the police car, and you're going to see exactly how the people smile, how they give us the finger, and how there's no respect, and how that has turned this environment of happy California into a land of violence and antagonism. And uh, I, I invite you to do that, and I will set that up, and we will be on patrol, and you can then see firsthand what I'm talking about and then reflect, and maybe your listeners will understand law enforcement needs to be there to protect us and our families. Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, it's it's not reparations. <laughs> That's the excuse. No, These no. Are, it's not stealing. They say it's reparations. We we deserve this. We, we, we're supposed to be getting all this. I mean, no, that no. is just... Um, you just, work. You work uh, for what you get. You work for what you get. You don't steal. That stealing is out of control. This whole thing about in California, if it's less than nine hundred and fifty dollars, it really doesn't count that much. So the value's got to be greater, and that's why you see them ripping off more and more. Uh, the catalytic converter stolen out of the cars. Everything. The, the burglary. It's just. It's just epidemic. And that's why you see a lot of people leaving California. We lost congressional seat in California because people are leaving this state. One thing we've got mm-hmm. that other places don't have, we've got great climate. We've got beautiful ocean. We've got beautiful mountains. We don't have water. We were now restricted June 1st. We're restricted <laughs> to the amount of water we can use. We can only water our lawns twice a week. Uh, they're restricting, and if you commit violations, they're going to put a restrictor on your incoming water. So you'll take a, a shower with a little drizzle coming out. Uh, they're very serious, but we, we've run out of water in California, which is really sad. And it's going to be impacting all the homeowners and the residents within Los Angeles. But to show how illogical our political structure is, they want to put more homes. They want to build more homes. And they now passed an ordinance in Los Angeles that every new residence has to be all electric. No more gas, like you have a gas stove, a gas water. Mm -hmm. They want everything to be electric. So we're going to be on a grid. And everyone's going to have a Tesla. And we're going to run out of power and run out of water. And then I don't know who God's going to come save us. These uh, short-sighted politicians need to need to be dumped. Well, I'm so glad that you're doing that to, to get rid of Gascon. I admire you for that, yeah. and I admire you for 50 years of, of, of uh, to protect 54. and serve. Thank you so <laughs> oh, Yes, over 50, 54. Well, thank you so much, and uh, we need more police like you. So thank you, Dennis Zine. My and pleasure. And thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat. 